Hello and welcome to Grown Up Crazy. Coming at you from work. I still haven't figured out the editing quality here to like get out the background noise. So this one's gonna have a little bit of a kerfuckle. Maybe I can go back later and kind of like I don't know, take out the staticky background. I do believe it's probably gonna come through. I'm on a on a boat and there's a lot of machinery in the space. But I wanted to do this one about uh, political structures and 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 structures of governance and, and I don't want to say politics because it's not really politics. Because what do we have right now is basically a corporatocracy where corporations and the Republican and Democratic Party are private corporations. They're registered as political corporations, but they're corporations. The political parties are not the government. They're registered corporations. That's why they can hold their own primaries and they make up their own rules for their own primaries, as many people figured out in 2016. So it's basically like our country right now. We don't have a rule by the people. We have a rule by corporations. And I wanted to get into this because I realized that I said a lot of things for granted, like, and just sort of off the cuff that I haven't really delineated here. And I wanted to do that just in case, because I know you're not going to automatically know where I'm coming from when I say certain things. So basically, there's the radio. I'll turn that off. (laughs) It's part of the being at work stuff. So what I mean by the political, we'll start with the political, the political corporations. The Republican and the Democratic Party are registered corporations. They, and like all corporations, they work for profit. They don't work for the people. The constituency, as, they, as we think of ourselves as being members of the party, we're not being served by the party because we don't have the money. Like all corporations, they work for money. It's just the way it is. It's the way the corporate structure is designed. It's the way the corporate structure works. It's how it functions. And between the two of them, between the two private for-profit corporations, the Republican and the Democratic corporations, they have a monopoly on government. They have a monopoly on legislation, on the legislative process and drafting legislation. And what they do more or less nowadays is they don't draft legislation at all. They just present the legislation that's prepared by their donors. So Corporation A wants a more favorable policy towards their business, they give usually equal amounts of money to both the Democratic and Republican corporation. And then whoever gets hired vis-a-vis the vote then puts forward the legislation that Company A's lawyers have drafted. Oftentimes, the politicians themselves don't even read the legislation they're proposing. They have an aide do it and give them the bullet points because it doesn't really matter. What matters to them is... Did this person give us money? Yes. Okay, well, then we'll put our forward their legislation. That's how the process works because they're for-profit corporations. They are interested in making money. What they sell is access to legislation, to the legislative process because between the two of them, they have all of the access. And people say it's like the WWF, they, you know, they work hand in glove. Yes and no. On one level, yes. But on another level, you, because it's a duopoly, Whenever they can get a majority vote, they can sell more of their product, and their product is access <laughs> access to legislative process. So whenever they can get like a majority or supermajority, they can command a higher price because they can have more of a guarantee of getting company A, B, C, or D's legislation laws that they want drafted to be favorable to their business through the legislative process. And that's pretty much how our system works right now. It's, you know, the, I saw a funny sticker one time. It said, do business the American way by a congressman. And it's just never been more true, especially a lot of people didn't, didn't follow along, but especially with the, uh, the creation of the super PACs and what's known as dark money now. There's a new form of super PAC where they don't even have to register their donor lists. They just give money. They, they support whichever candidate. And they never disclose their funding. So 
even for even though it's illegal, foreign countries, foreign governments, foreign businesses can also have access to our legislative process. And this was done completely intentionally. People are like, "Oh no, the system failing." No, it, the system absolutely didn't fail. The the political corporations did this on purpose so that they could expand their consumer base. And their consumer base is corporations, other corporations that want favorable legislation passed. That's their consumer base. That's how they get money. So they intentionally expanded it through the use of dark money so that foreign corporations and foreign governments can then take part in our political process. Political process being giving money to the private corporations of the either the Republican or Democratic Party, and usually both. So that's what I mean when I say like how our system runs, because that's really just how it comes what it comes down to. They are for profit private corporations that between the two of them have gotten a monopoly on governance, on the legislative process. They show up once every four years to pander to the crowd, but then go back to their business, the, the matter at hand, the business at hand. And the stage show that everybody thinks of as the elections, that's really what it is. That's why social issues, hot, like, that's why financial issues are never discussed except, instead of the, just the general state of the economy. Outside of that, financial issues are never discussed because that's supposed to be kept out of the purview of the public. And one author that I like that speaks a lot about this is Noam Chomsky. And this is what is crazy about the division between the right and left right now and the insanity of why it's never been so deep or so feral or so tribal. There's a a near feral, near tribalistic division between what's historically known as the right or the left. And it doesn't make any sense to me because one of my favorite authors, like I said, Noam Chomsky, going to the past, he speaks about all this stuff. He speaks about the rise of the corporate democracy. He speaks about just the... The takeover of business, and especially international business, they call the New World Order, or globalization. Just the takeover of globalization to where now in 2022, we just consider it the way it is. Like, we don't even have a concept of an alternative to globalization. The only thing we're trying to do is to try to make, at this point, is to make globalization less harmful to people and the planet. And that comes usually as a secondary consideration outside of just simply making money. Making money, of course, is paramount because that's what the job of a corporation is. It's a balloon that the ownership, what I call the ownership class, the people that own the corporations can squeeze and money shoots out of it. (laughs) As long as money shoots out of it when they squeeze it, it's okay. When it stops shooting out money... Something's gone wrong, and we have to get a handle on this and damn the people and damn the environment. You know, or if there's a way to make it shoot out a lot more money, we're going to do that. <laughs> you know, we're definitely going to do that, even if it's at the cost of people or cost of the environment. And that's just the way it works. And there's, there's no other power to balance this out. You know, we trash the labor unions. They're gone. There's no power to balance out the corporate ownership of the planet, basically. The only other power that might come close would be the military. But as Noam Chomsky coined, the military-industrial complex is more or less just another form of corporate ownership because the businesses that supply these militaries really have a heavy hand in policymaking. And this is what's got – this is what I find the strangest about 2022 is that this was all well-known and established theory in the left for my come-uppings anyway, as long as I was growing up. A lot of my friends are leftists, a lot of my friends are left-leaning, and we would discuss these things all of the time, as well as cough, 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 uh, the evils of the pharmaceutical industry, <laughs> you know, how, like, say, during Tamiflu, they, well, I won't get into it, but 
the pharmaceutical industry was not exempt from, from these kind of discussions, they're actually one of the worst practitioners, which really makes how the left has handled COVID amazing to me. And I know I'm going to lose a lot of people upon saying this, but yeah, my leftist friends used to complain ad nauseum about the pharmaceutical industry, then suddenly they're the champions of humanity. I don't understand it. And this is what gets into me into what I was going to say next about the division. What I really don't get about the division is because historically speaking, it was the left that was like, no, you guys don't understand. There's such a thing as the deep state. You know, billions of dollars are being poured into the deep state every single year. They have zero accountability. They're, the, the regulatory, the, the positions of authority over them are kind of shadow. They're political appointees. And these positions rarely change hands. They survive administrations. You know, and, and we really saw the rise of the military-industrial complex and what's now being referred to as the deep state over the last half of a century, just from all of the money, from, from the billions of dollars and zero oversight that's been going into it. And and that's the amazing thing. is because So historically speaking, it's been the left that's been championing the cause against this and the right that's almost been for it. Like, no, we want a strong military. We want a strong CIA. And, and a shocking level of ignorance that the right has historically shown to what the CIA and the military has been up to, especially in South America over the last 50 years. But that aside, now in 2022, we have these... these this, odd shift, and I still don't know how it's happened, where we have the right, the conservatives talking about the deep state, and the left almost championing it, almost almost calling it not, not at least, it's become apparent to me that there's such a division, that there's such an emotional hostility, that it really doesn't matter, even if it was your talking point of yesteryear. If the other guy's saying it now, it must be opposed. So it's it's the most incredible thing right now that I, I would think that at this point we would all be together. It's it's openly acknowledged that the system isn't serving anybody below the ownership class. It's openly acknowledged that it's up for sale. It's openly acknowledged that billions of dollars are being funded into shadowy areas of the government in which there's zero public oversight, and that these areas of the government have policy making decision have policy making power. And yet, instead of joining together, which I would think would be the natural solution, it's like, hey, we both agree that campaign financing needs to happen. You can talk to anybody, and anybody will agree that campaign finance reform has to happen. There are all of these issues in which we all agree on, nearly 100% agree on, yet we let things like abortion and gun control leave, leave us not only divided, but insanely divided when those issues let's i mean i'm i'll just come out and say it really aren't top priority when the ship's going down when the ship is sinking when the ship is sinking the color that we have the mast is is not important or or like i I like to say is that when the roof is on fire we're not going to argue about the drapes who cares what the curtains look like? The roof is on fire. And yet we sit around and we argue vehemently about what color, what color the curtains are while the damn roof is on fire. And the roof on fire being completely out of control of the political process, completely out of control of the financial process. Basically, at this point, we have no power. We have no autonomy in the system whatsoever. We don't have financial power. 10% of the population owns 99% of the resources, or sorry, 90% of the resources, and the top 10% of that owns 45% of that. So 1% of the population owns like 45% of the resources. So we have no financial power. We have no power in the courts because we all know that we get the, we, you can get the legal protection that money can buy. 
that that laws really are only applied or uniformly applied to the lower classes, people with less money. That's who the laws are applied to. So we, and we have really no power in the legal system. We have no power in the government. We don't have the money to lobby the government. You know, uh, our $500 check says nothing against people that can donate literally billions of dollars. I think the 2020 election, I forget how many billions of dollars, but it was staggering. It's the staggering the amount of money went through. So we have no power in the political process. We have no power in the courts. We have no financial power. We have no power in the military. Yeah, our sons and daughters goes and serve in the, serves in the military, but we have no power in the military. We have no decision-making process in that. And anybody that's ever tried to speak up for your civil rights to a police officer knows we really have no power in the martial quality of the United States anyway. Just go through a checkpoint. Some people don't even know that there are Border Patrol checkpoints within the United States along federal highways, like I-10. I went through one just the other day. And just try refusing a search. Try refusing a search. See how far that gets you. You know, so we, we have no power. The only power that we have left in our society is power in numbers. And that's why I believe there's been such a concerted effort across all media platforms to keep us as divided as possible. Because the only power that we actually have is power in numbers. That is the only power we can leverage. So these issues that we all agree on, like campaign finance reform, we all agree on if we all stopped bitching and put aside our pet bitches long enough to go do some real good that provides real change within our system, then we would get it accomplished through power numbers. That's the only one. And that's the one that can't be stood against. All of the other systems of control, the, consist- the martial quality, the military, the systems of governance, uh, the court system, all of that loses all power when you, when you bring power of numbers to bear. That is the ultimate power because their power comes from our power. They have power because we give away our power. We give our power to them. The moment we stop giving our power to them, they lose all power. So the power, like you, we saw with the trucker protest, even though the people that there's some people that have been that believe like, oh my God, it was a horrible thing. But one thing it does show is the power of numbers, and not that many numbers, not that many people. When you consider the society at large, took part in the trucker protests, and it brought a city to its knees and caused reform. And those are the kind of things. And so if we look historically back around the. The only times that the system has moved in a direction it did not want, wish to move, it was when a large number of the public got together with a single item agenda or one or two very simple issues that everyone agreed upon, and they had a sustained protest, usually involving civil disobedience, usually committing misdemeanors as well. Breaking the law requires breaking the law. And then, and with a sustained effort for years to get the power structure to change in a direction it did not want to do. That is what has been required every time the power structure has been forced to change in a direction it did not want to change. It was when a large group of people got together with a very simple message and the war in Vietnam, right to vote, uh, end of segregation. That was how the power structure was forced to change. And one thing that's not quite repeated is, is the civil disobedience, civil disobedience was, was a cornerstone of that as well. Because if it's just all just sitting up in a, in a sanctioned protest spot where the government can keep us all cordoned off into a park where we show up once a month to just yell at the sky to scream into the void, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They, they all entertain that all day long, every day. It's when the civil disobedience kicks off that, that people actually start paying attention. When, when businesses are being shut down, when roads are being jammed, that is, that is a key part that's required. And that's why 
why we need the right and we need the left as well, because the left has the youth, and young people are willing to commit those misdemeanors. One of the things that it's funny, I, I hear the conservatives talk so loud and so proud about you know the next revolution and all of that, but they will not stand up against a police officer. They are just ingrained in their mind. They cannot do it. One, a lot of them are afraid of getting in trouble because they see themselves as the good side. And on the side of right and righteousness is the police. They stand with the police, you know. And But what happens when the police is telling you you can't peacefully assemble? What's happening when the police is telling you you have to go home? You know, what's happening when you're, when you're fighting for your own constitutional rights? Because the police are the ones that the power structure are going to send first to tell you to go home to disperse you. So, yes, I'm sorry, and I hate to say it, but it is very true. Every time that power of numbers has been brought to bear to make positive changes and needed changes in the system, the police are the first to be deployed, followed by the National Guard. So we have to get over our... Now, of course, I'm not advocating the assault of police in any way, shape, or form, but you have to learn how to say no. And that's one thing the left has in spades and the right doesn't have at all, which is why I'm saying it seems like we should be natural allies, yet we let these silly little things divide us. And I do say they're silly, not because the Second Amendment issues are unimportant. I'm just saying they're not important when we have skyrocketing inflation, $30 trillion of the debt, the International Monetary Fund claiming that over 20 nations are already insolvent, a, a global plan towards, towards a global economy that is only ramping up and not slowing down and leaving a large swath of the human population behind, that this is being accepted as the only way forward just because it's the way that best benefits 1% of the population that owns 45% of the shit. And that's, you know, that's the real reason. That's the real reason. Not because it benefits us as a whole, not because it benefits the planet, not because it benefits us as a species, because they can't stand the idea of letting go or losing control. So they're desperately trying to come up with a system in which they remain con- in control, but the fallout from their style of governance, their pyramid structure of organization, doesn't crush the planet beneath its weight. That's their goal right now, and their paramount goal, their, their, their M.O., how do we maintain the power structure that, that best and solely serves us without losing control, but without the weight of this cumbersome vehicle that we've built not crushing the planet? That's, that's where their head's at right now. And you are secondary. If you're listening to this, you are secondary. And it's time that we acknowledge that, get together, put our heads together and our power together to come up with a better solution that doesn't just leave all of us behind in the wake of AI and global institutions. All right, cheers, growing up crazy. I hope this, if you listen to this, I hope the clutter isn't too bad, and I'll try to figure out this filtering system to try to get, to remove it from the background so I can keep doing this at work. All right, cheers. You all have a wonderful rest of the day. I'm going to get back to work. Ciao.